We are professionals. <laughs> well. Not. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, A? It's going all right. How are you? Excellent. Yeah, pretty good, pretty yeah. good. Much better than last week, I must say. <laughs> uh, Sounding much better the, as well. Yeah, thank you. Back to my normal octave. Yes. <laughs> the normal tone. Mm-hmm. It is just called Two Brothers. It's Actually, it's just, just called It's just called Two Brothers. Oh, yes, that's true. It's an important distinction. Yeah, very. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're trying to find us at our new domain. It's just called twobrothers.com. Woo. All spelled out. All official. Look at us. Eh, well, something should be. Little podcast is growing up. <laughs> Might as well. Hey, it's uh, show number 20, peoples. Wow. 20 shows. It's almost a milestone. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> arbitrary now that we think yeah. about it. <laughs> no, it's 20. Yeah. 20. Eh. We're in the twos. It's a number, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray, celebrate. <laughs> Meanwhile... Okay, show 253, everybody. <laughs> you, humans like patterns, but uh, what was the, the Simpsons one? The 138th? Uh, 139th? Yes, 138th. Yeah, it was spectacular. I don't know. It was an anniversary, right? Just no show. 138th show spectacular. Mm-hmm. Some such, yeah. Yeah, so they just decided to pick mm-hmm. a random, or not random, but they, uh, yeah. maybe it was, a number to do a clip show. Yeah, no uh, celebration. Yeah, we were poorly researched, so we <laughs> we can't we can't divulge we can't divulge the hidden facts of our of our references. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it was uh, maybe the Flintstones only went 137 or something. <laughs> Probably maybe. maybe not the Flintstones. They were on for a while. They took all their cues from <laughs> from <laughs> the pseudo honeymooners. Yes. But, uh, yeah, so, well, I don't know. We have a few things to talk about. Why not? We do, indeed. Let's do it. No more freeform nonsense. All right. (laughs) Uh, Step one. (laughs) One. Uh, Insert crusty. All right, you poindexters. Let's get this right. One. Hey, hey, kids, I'm talking crusty. Two. Hey, hey, here comes Sideshow Mel. Again. Here comes Sideshow Mel. Sideshow Mel. Three. (laughs) Bada bing, bada boom, I'm done. Learn from a professional, kid. Okay, Krusty, uh, we are ready to roll. Any... What's the... <laughs> um. <laughs> you, well, talk about your uh, brush with fame. My my brush with near fame? Brush with brush so, with fame. Yeah, yeah, I know brush a guy. Brush with the fame brush. <laughs> Who knows a guy who's famous? Yeah. Yeah, uh, did I mention it last week? Maybe it was uh, off no, show. We, yeah, we it was after we stopped. Okay, so I I talked to a friend of mine um, who basically I talk to once a year now, um, but he and I went to to uh, school together, went to college together, finished our degrees at the same time, <laughs> and by, we by, by choice we, you only speak once a year. <laughs> like, it, it kind of. I mean, he lives one time <laughs> annually. That's it. Yeah, we, we we only see each other once a year, and and uh, don't really meet up on social media. Mm-hmm. He he lives and works down in South uh, Tucson, Southeast Tucson, and I'm over here on West Phoenix, so <laughs> we're super far away. At any rate, um, whenever I see him, we we catch up a little bit. And his son Ben Crawford, 
uh, is the uh, 16th Phantom of the Opera wow. on Broadway. So, 16th um, Broadway Phantom. That's correct. That's amazing. So that's pretty cool. Um, to uh, to read his, his uh, review there, power-voiced stage alum Ben Crawford <laughs> has been announced as the new star of Broadway's longest-running musical, Andrew Lloyd Webber's The Phantom of the Opera. So they announced this on March 9th, interestingly. Wow. Um, and then beginning on April 16th, the talented actor will take on the title role, blah, 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 blah. And then the, one of the guys that's... Uh, the current guy, current Phantom, is leaving March 31st. And then a uh, Monsieur André, the actor Laird McIntosh. Ooh, Laird. Laird. Beauty. That's a beauty name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll play the Phantom in the interim. So he gets like, uh, what is that? Two weeks. <laughs> You're the Phantom. Mm-hmm. You're the new Phantom. Right. For two weeks. And then they were going to have this other guy do it. There's a Kids in the Hall <laughs> sketch where um, where Bruce is mm-hmm. uh, sort of going around from job to job and continually getting fired. Uh-huh. Uh, there's oh, We'll probably do a clip. Wow. It's everything I hoped it would be. It's great. great. And if you should need it down that hall, you'll find coffee. And every Monday, the company springs for donuts, sort of a launching pad for a good work week. <laughs> well, welcome aboard. Uh, I just want you to know it's a real team here, and it's not working out. <laughs> What? You see, Bellamy, you're just not doing well enough. But I, I've only been here five minutes. Oh, my hands are tied, though, Bellamy. I'm sorry. Oh, I almost forgot. Here's your security pass, which you'll have to return to me immediately. Thanks, Bellamy. Welcome aboard. You'll really be missed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> so, so um, Ben Crawford, the... Power voiced. Power voiced. Ben Crawford. Oh, if only someone uh, would refer to me <laughs> in such glowing terms. That's pretty good. Um, his father, Tom Crawford, and I went to U of A together. And uh, we kind of glommed on to each other because we were older students, not the typical college age people. So we diversively derided, mm-hmm. <laughs> shall we say, the uh, normals. Were you like uh, the other, like those old ladies who take one class and then exclaim proudly how they're making A's? Well, the rest of no, us. Are no, no, we were uh, we were fully <laughs> we were fully invested in the program, taking uh, more than a full load, I'm sure, mm. uh, at the time, and saying in in some respects how easy certain things were, knowing what we know now, kind of a deal. You know? Sure, it's like, and if you just you know pay attention, go to class, <laughs> then pay attention to class, and sometimes oh, no, do the now homework. You're talking nonsense. <laughs> oh well. Uh, then you could pretty much get A's yeah. in most of the classes. Of the then classes. The, the things that we weren't getting A's in were st- clearly stupid, <laughs> uh, irrelevant nonsense. Beneath you. Then um, eh, Not beneath us. <laughs> Waste of time. Pointless. Mm-hmm. For, have you ever been in the real world, you ivory-towered eggheads? <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. Uh, just a quick diversion there uh, along that same path. Uh, for example, educational psychology. Ugh. Worst class ever. The professor and his two uh, grad assistants um, would each write a third of, of every test. And so there were different test styles, like three different test styles on every test. Yeah. Okay. And the one of the grad students was, he, his name was Joel. He was my uh, lab coach. What, what do you, you have your lecture with like 150 people. Uh-huh. And then uh, that's like twice a week. And then once a week you go to lab where you can ask questions of, there's only 30 people. You know what hmm. I'm talking about? I, I mean, isn't it just a TA yeah. position? Yeah. Lab anyway, TA. he was cool. Hmm. Yeah, he was cool. And his test, uh, his section of the test was, was passable because I had had him in, in the lab session, mm-hmm. right? So we could ask questions and whatnot. 
And then the the professor was, I don't know, hopelessly esoteric. And then the other grad assistant was a foreigner from somewhere in Europe. And she either had a perfect grasp of English uh, and was evil or <laughs> did not have a perfect grasp of, grasp of English and was evil. Um, so her third of the, of the test Quite the was... distinction. Yeah. You <laughs> could go either way. You could. You know, I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, but... <laughs> Her third of the tests were like, and these were multiple choice, <clears throat> which of the following is not an example of not having this? Hey. A, not doing this. <laughs> B, doing this. C, A and B. Yeah. Uh, D, you know, something completely different. Mm -hmm. E, A and D. F, B and D. G, all of the above. H, none of the above. Mm -hmm. Like all her questions were like that. You go down to like is H. It possible to like, do uh, a Scantron with H? I, no, I guess not. I thought they only go to, they went up to E. Oh, he sees right through me. Boop. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, uh, I, I don't think there were Scantrons uh, for that very reason. I, I get it. It was just irritating. So you just fill it out on the, on the like 10 page stapled <laughs> together uh, test form. One of, if not the hardest classes I ever had was a government, a required government class at, um, Mesa College mm -hmm. with Hamshiner. I can't remember his name. Uh, Hamas, Hamas, Richard Hamas. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if he's still teaching. He was, <laughs> he was in bad shape at the time. He had some back issues. Um, hmm. Apparently he used to, before I took his class, um, be very animated and uh, just cover the board in notes. Mm -hmm. And he still wrote a, a lot of notes, but because of the back thing, he had to, <laughs> he had to sit. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so he was a little mm, restricted. So I don't know if that made him more or less angry and <laughs> um, <laughs> berating of the right wing, but um, he certainly uh, poured it on <laughs> when I took his <laughs> class. He delighted in tweaking the foibles of conservatives, but uh, but it was certainly open to debate in class. I, you know, if such happened, um, it was fine. He didn't, you know, he did. I didn't think he overdid it. Just uh, it wasn't it wasn't really part of the material as much as it was his side commentary. <laughs> uh, he called uh, uh, Dick Cheney Lon Cheney Jr. constantly. <laughs> his reference. Nice. So um, yeah, that was <laughs> that one. Um, very few <laughs> of the students got being yeah, you know, no doubt twenty. Mm -hmm. It was extraordinarily difficult, and he the questions were very clear, but he had the same kind of answer key style. Uh -huh. So A is something, B is something, C is something, and then D is A and B, and then, you know, A, a and B, B and E, all of the above, mm -hmm. none of the above, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then That's he would tough. mix and match as the test went on. So you did, you really had to know. Yeah. But the questions weren't confusingly worded. It's just you, you knew, <laughs> you knew the complete answer or you did not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was quick to impart to anyone who, who sort of complained about how difficult this was that when he took government, <laughs> their professor, when asked what, you know, if there were any sections to study, would say, the book, and then would you know, inevitably add a question from the masthead, or the, you know, the publication data. Nice. <laughs> Jerk. Like, that is, um, that's, that's clearly beyond the pale. So, all right. Well, on that note, I uh, got congratulations, an a in the class, oh. just ladies and gentlemen, another 
That's just Sweet. to say. I, uh, I worked very hard. Uh, I could have done with less time spent on the class. But. Yeah. Well, the the easiest class I had was ever was um, Poli Sci 101, mm. yeah. the um, stereotypical <laughs> entry-level class. Right. And the professor was, I, I wouldn't say he was jaded. He just didn't really, he, he didn't think that it was any more than it was, you know, that it needed to be. And so he said, um, tomorrow uh, the test is going to have 20 questions. And the first question is going to be about Watergate. <laughs> and you will find the answer on page 12. Ah. And then question number two is going to be about uh, Gerald Ford. And you will find the answer on page 14. You know, and he'd just go through every single question. And and he wouldn't just say the the topic like I did. He would he would word the question basically if you just reverse the two phrases. Mm-hmm. That was the exact question on the test. Hmm. You know, so you know, so you you had and you it was open note, open book tests. Mm-hmm. So if you just wrote down all the things right. that he said, then you had your answers for the for the test. I'm kind of of two minds about open note. I don't think it depends on the class. I would. I don't think I have a problem. I, I, as a student, I don't have a problem with open book, but um, (laughs) if you're actually trying to get people to learn the things, (laughs) it's maybe different if it's a required class. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I think that's perfectly fine as a review thing. Yeah. To say where the, where the page, you know, this is, is there's going to be a question on this. You can find that answer on this page in the book. Etc. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, if it's a prerequisite for something else, if mm-hmm. it's just, uh, or if it's a type of situation where you're in life, you're going to be able to look something up, sure, or need that skill. Yeah, you know, it's all, it's okay. Right. Yeah, it if it's does... something you need instant recall for. Well, mm-hmm. something else. There's just a lot of provisos I think that go along with it. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what classes you couldn't do that in math, probably, huh? You really yeah, I need, think you need to know to... the things. You you probably are going to need some, some formulas. Yeah. Well, uh, nowadays, yeah, so many it's just available. Yeah, it's at your hard fingertips, to say. But, in advanced yeah. math, you know, you often need to look things up anyway, mm-hmm. just because of the complexity. Yep. Um, or you know, it's done mostly for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so on that note, uh, congratulations well, to what? Are you not moving on? Uh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, congratulations to Ben Crawford as the 16th yeah. Phantom of the Opera. Indeed. And now <laughs> we need a theme <laughs> for on. brush with greatness, brush with fame. Something like that. Well, yep. I was t- trying sort of vaguely, t- subconsciously probably, to tangent into um, the idea that I just finished a, a, a MOOC, M-O-O-C, uh, basically an online course that's open to, to everyone, right? Yes, yes. Um, called Learning How to Learn. Ah, uh, Yes. Which I highly recommend to everyone. I saw your tweet about that. Oh, you did? Oh, good. Yes. Yeah, I, I really do wish I'd had this when I was going to school. It would have been invaluable mm-hmm. uh, to know. Massive open online course. Open, open. That's the one. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. right. Anyone can join. It's no, there's no prerequisite, uh, mm-hmm. et cetera. And I liked it so much, I'm uh, enrolling in the, in the next one along in there. <laughs> in their learning series, if you like. A- anyone who has to study or learn anything, highly recommended. All right. Uh, basically, there's breakdown methods of learning uh, effectively and uh, give you tools and techniques to 
get things into your brain more firmly. Mm-hmm. Would have saved myself a lot of time and heartache. <laughs> uh, and the emphasis, of course, is on, among other things, starting early, <laughs> studying, you know, in chunks and oh yeah, over time, the, and not cramming at the end. And, sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, sleep. If I'd uh, mm. if I'd really known the research about sleep, I, I would have redoubled my efforts to get more of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's really hard when you're a full time. I sympathize. Yes, students. I- I know. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll link it. Um, so, speaking of Duran Duran. Oh. Weren't yes. you? I event- at, at some point, some going point. to talk about Duran Duran Taylor's ditto. Oh, well, it was the nepotism thing. The, the Crawford reference. Yes. And um, I thought, for some reason, I don't remember how this came up. I, we were talking about the... Didn't you mention a band with multiple last names that weren't related? Like two oh. people? Did I? Oh. Mm, that sounds familiar. Well, because Duran Duran has had three Taylors in it. Maybe that's what we were talking about. John, Andy, and Roger? <laughs> you want to say? <laughs> okay. Uh, none of them related. Oh, well, well we got into this. Uh, let's backtrack to, again, to the reason where you thought of this is... Um, it, my friend's son, Ben Crawford, is the new Phantom. Mm-hmm. Michael Crawford was the original. Oh, that was it. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Multiple Crawford, musical. of course. Yeah, and so wow. no relation, obviously. That's, that's well, obviously, but yeah, no yeah. relation. So the first and the 16th Phantoms are both Crawfords. Uh, clearly, that's not why he got the part. <laughs> it's because he was a the power-voiced uh, Ben Crawford. <laughs> okay, so the, so then that made you think of the uh, yeah all the tailors in Duran Duran. I did. No relation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's... Um... Duran Duran is a weird, it's a weird 80s phenomenon. I still, I kind of don't mind um, hearing Duran Duran songs as much as I've mm-hmm. heard them. And at a, working at a store where the 80s was the default soundtrack, hmm. uh, I heard them a lot. No doubt, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it, you got to play Hungry Like the Wolf when they're in the market. <laughs> People just yeah. kind of subliminally <laughs> affect them. It's funny. There's a they played a wide variety. There they played, you know, most of the hits. Mm. So there was, you know, wasn't just the one thing. There, you know, the, any one hit wonder becomes tedious because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all you hear by the band. You're like, yep. oh, I ran again. <laughs> No, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm still not tired of Iran. Um, come on, Eileen. Oh, yes, God, I could do. Uh, <laughs> I could do without hearing that ever. <laughs> Iran is one of those strange songs that dumps me back into the '80s. When I first well, I would have, I would have thought that that was Duran Duran, you know. If you, if mm-hmm. I had to bet on like on Jeopardy or something, and I and I couldn't not guess, I would have just said ah, Duran Duran. 
<laughs> it's your go-to 80s reference. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fair enough. For, you know, new wave. Right. Uh, I'm, uh, I think I'm less sentimental about the 80s because of all the <laughs> the uh, constant airplay of, of those hits. Like the same 40 or 50 songs mm-hmm. everywhere I go. So, yeah. Still, still nostalgic about nostalgic about the uh, the nineties. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's plenty I don't care about hearing ever again from then too. Oh, uh, you'll be happy to know that I learned a Rush lyric uh, after 37 years of, of will I mishearing it? Yeah, uh, you'll also be embarrassed for me. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> but happily, I eventually proceed. It didn't take 40 years to uh, to learn, and it's from Tom Sawyer. Even. Oh, he he says a modern day warrior. Thirty-seven years later, <laughs> I until I saw it written down, I thought it was a I thought it was a Monday mm-hmm. warrior. Yeah, mm-hmm. a Monday warrior. Monday warrior. Yeah, that's quite a different sort of image. <laughs> yes, it is. He's just just a businessman doing the best he can, going Go to work, going to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, probably not what they meant. Yeah, or uh, skipping work because he, uh. he's Tom Sawyer. So, oh, well, that's a more Huck Finn thing. Then, anyway, why, how would he be a warrior then? Huh? How would he be a warrior skipping work? He's because uh, he's bucking the system, man. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> no, modern day warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer. Mean, mean pride. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a uh, call for clip time. That was just pausing for, for, <laughs> yeah. for a clip insertion. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, still good. I don't know. That's, um, I um, argued with a couple people on Facebook when I was still arguing on Facebook mm-hmm. uh, about the worth of those lyrics because uh, I know several people who think it's uh, nonsense. <laughs> well, that's a shame. Uh, catch the spit was, <laughs> mm. was uh, I had to justify Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know the lyrics. I did my best. Yeah. I like, well, I happen to have Getty Lee right here. Or <laughs> wait, did he write it? I, I did know. not. Getty. Did, well, did Neil partially. write it? Getty and Getty and Alex write most of the music, and Neil yeah. writes just about all the lyrics. Yeah. So, and by music, I mean the non-rhythmic parts. Sure. 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 Because Neil writes basically all his drum parts. Now, here's here's our other t- tangented discussion about um, copyright and. Um, um, sort of uh, music rights, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The uh, if you write the melody and or lyrics, you get a cut yes. of, the, of the writing money. Correct. Uh, if you write your drum part, generally don't. <laughs> well, yeah. If it, it, you only get it if you get credit on the label. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and mm-hmm. uh, if you bring in the basic idea of the song, it seems like you get the you get the credit for writing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which. Uh, I mean, the police did this. Sting gets most of the royalties for, for Steve Hoffer, even though he didn't write Stewart's drum parts, and yet those are integral to the to the sound of the song. Yeah, yeah, the, the three of them not the same. You know, each contributed equally. I would assume to I the mean, to maybe, the music. Maybe not. It's just you know how or much can't you? Mm-hmm. S- mm-hmm. It seems like there should be a way to split it up, and you could just divvy up divvy it up per song. Mm-hmm. 
I think Lennon, it would be Lennon pretty McCartney, tricky. You know, the Beatles, they didn't write Ringo's drum parts. Not Correct. always. Sometimes they said, oh, we should play it like this. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> like and then he would just, do. Yeah, he would take that and make it good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I shouldn't be disparaging. Paul is, Paul is actually a decent drummer. Hmm. I mean, they could all play. Yeah. But he was, he was good at it. Hmm. It helps, as uh, as Dave says on Sneaky Dragon, it, would, it does help to be a musical genius who mm. uh, just has facility with whatever instrument you decide to pick up randomly. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, a trumpet. That oh. sounds like it'd be good to stop playing. <laughs> oh, it's quite easy, really. He yeah, I heard jerk. that uh, Paul McCartney <laughs> played the piccolo trumpet part on Penny Lane. <laughs> <laughs> You did, they all did everything. It was just a, they just listed some names in the credits so make, to make it seem like they weren't. Just... Yeah, those are all those are all pen names. <laughs> yes, or uh, not Mu- musonyms. <laughs> musonyms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, some kind of uh, innate prodigious talent that um, mm-hmm. you know allows you to. Uh, they say talent only goes so far. That's true. <laughs> but um when it becomes easy to you know pick up things uh, it's getting close to genius hi i mean if it's easy for you to pick up piano and drums and guitar and bass I, I'll, I'll tell you it once you learn one it's easier to learn a second and yes, once indeed. you understand how the basics sure work on each instrument family mm-hmm. it's significantly easier to uh to trade off between yeah. other instruments in that family so. yes Prince was another one. Mm. Good at all. Good at everything. Mm. Just good. <laughs> he literally good at everything. <laughs> <laughs> Watch those Chappelle show skits. <laughs> it's, it seems like that was the case. All right, he beat you in basketball, and then what happened? After it was all over, he took us in the house and served us pancakes. <laughs> pancakes. Well, I got to admit, um, it's a good game. I wish I could say the same for you and your crew of flunkies. Do you guys want some grapes? I mean, you know, there's some great storytellers in the world that we live in today, man. Bitches. make up that Killer, uh, basketball player, chef, yeah. <laughs> musician. <laughs> yeah, all those things. Mm-hmm. Well, you... I don't know how we got... <laughs> I don't know how we got on Bjork. Oh, I do. Uh, I was listening this week to um, several, you know, this song, but played in another room. So, you know, like, uh, I forget what started it. It wasn't Crowded House, something like that. Oh, it was uh, Talking Heads. Uh, This must be the place. Mm Mm-hmm. So played, sounding as if it were played in another room, sort of gives people a sense of, hmm, uh, it, you know, it's a warmer sound because it's muffled and people feel secure because it's over there. <laughs> I don't know. 
maybe people have remembrances of hiding away f- from parties. Yeah, perhaps. But uh, it, it's sort of this weird phenomenon <laughs> and relatively easy to do, I'd say, if you know anything about audio processing, to make a sound, a song sound like it's there. And then uh, I came across um, some that were um, such and such, but uh, as if played in an abandoned mall. Mm-hmm. So the Tears for Fears song and several others done that way. And then I was thinking, well, this isn't too new um, since Bjork did it on her album debut. what 93 92 93 is she that far back wow oh yeah the ice cubes were uh, sugar ice cubes <laughs> sugar cubes uh was <laughs> you know releasing stuff in the late 80s that's that was when they hmm. were on uh saturday night live i believe hmm. first time i'd seen that. it yeah and that was enough of a college radio hit that um <laughs> when college radio was still a thing you whippersnappers <laughs> uh they uh that that's where you know i i heard that and so i was already sort of aware and uh, she quickly <laughs> outgrew that group which was sort of a loose you know art and music collective and just went full force doing her own thing mm-hmm. and man does she do her own thing <laughs> <laughs> and now you're getting older <laughs> insert uh you know tmbg clip of that than you've ever been and now you're even older and now you're even older and now you're even older you're older than you've ever been and now you're even older and now you're older still yeah maybe <laughs> oh it's it <laughs> but it was really that that i still uh, every once in a while i'll put that on um that's the only bjork album mm-hmm. i sort of return to mm-hmm. multiple times mm-hmm. very fun yeah, cool I like it. Speaking of uh, interesting things, <laughs> it's our show. Are we? <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow. Apparently, I had totally to the wrong the idea of this show. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was uh, just us mouthing off for thirty minutes. <laughs> no, this is this is historically uh, um, important stuff that's going to be in the Library of Congress oh, real yes. soon. Well, we'll be getting letters any day. <laughs> Please, we uh, need to archive your show. Yeah, and and. Not least of which... For posterity. Gentlemen, <laughs> please. Posterific uh, information must include uh, Jonathan Coulter. It's mm. it's Jonathan Colton. Jonathan Colton is the one mm. who does Creepy Doll. And uh, Code Monkey and Ikea, the Ikea song, and uh, oh, Skullcrusher Mountain. That's Jonathan Colton. What? How did, mm. I get, did they misprint it on Pandora? Oh, they might have. Or did I misread it, missee it? Well, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it was me. No. How just, embarrassing. Just I'll say Joko. <laughs> yeah, I uh, became sorry. a fan of Jonathan Colton um, in 2005. <laughs> Is he the one that uh, the IKEA song where you can find it there? Yeah. IKEA, IKEA. Just a smoke and some pine and a handful of Norseman. 
that's that's oh man it's i'm it, telling oh, you this it's gonna be I ain't a, telling you nothing it's gonna be a cliptastic uh, show this one no oh, great <laughs> um when i started listening to podcasts uh it was adam curry's the daily source code mm-hmm. uh, keith and the girl and wow there was a couple of the random ones and then oh sounds in my head i think he started near there or before mm-hmm. and another music show that the name escapes me, but he used to do a lot of uh, sort of not, not royalty free, uh, license free, mm-hmm. sort of open Creative Commons licensed stuff, mm-hmm. uh, either either freely available or Creative Commons or some such, mm. uh, where he uh, wouldn't get a takedown notice, <laughs> a copyright notice. Yeah, uh, and one of the songs he played was Mandelbrot set by Jonathan Colton. Mandelbrot set. Shock test on fire, a table pterodactyl. You're a heart shaped box of springs and wire, and one badass fucking fractal. And you're just in time to save the day, sweeping all our fears away. You can change the world in a tiny way. Mm-hmm. So that was when he was first really starting to release stuff, and I just, I never stopped loving and listening yeah uh, he's hilarious um and a good songsmith mm-hmm. uh, besides he comes up on my uh, they might be giants pandora channel mm-hmm. uh, quite frequently i figured i'd put you hip to him <laughs> but of course you would put me hip to him uh <laughs> decades <Yeah>. before <laughs> yeah the so. well the um the what was i going to say one of the most sort of gratifying moments of sharing songs that i ever had was when i played you could be her for mom mm-hmm I run the goddamn pretzel store at Buckingham Mall. Here on the East Wings, second floor, I'm Belle of the Ball. So when you're not really sure where it's going, and then it just hits you in the face with "I run the goddamn pretzel store." Pretzel store. <laughs> uh, she and she uh, she busted out laughing. Yeah. Uh, at, at that line, I knew I had had her had her hooked. It was a tricky proposition <laughs> with any swearing in songs. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. We had to, uh, I felt like I always had to prepare. It's like, okay, well, don't don't. don't. <laughs> Don't downplay or look down on the song because it's got some swears in it. Just, but just so you know, <laughs> mm. <laughs> she, would, she would do the crusty thing. <laughs> no, the Marge thing. Sorry. <laughs> uh, um, strangely, she didn't warn me about George Carlin <laughs> when when she took us to see uh, George Carlin. Well, she was a yeah. fan. Well, yeah. She had an album or two. At least, I think it was just one album, but she wouldn't let us listen to it. 
<laughs> when we when we were kids, is we had to be uh, in bed. <laughs> we barely heard snippets from the other room. But um, I don't know. Was that when she was uh, when she was engaged or married to Peter? Yeah, late late seventies. Um, but yeah, um, we were all in high school. We all went to see George Carlin, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was incredibly hilarious my <laughs> sides and, and cheeks hurt from laughing yeah. so much oh yeah um, it was my my abs were sore <laughs> you know more than any <laughs> strenuous workout I could ever have oh baby doesn't want to leave the room <laughs> you want to quiet that kid up what does it mean what does it mean what does it mean what does it mean I put it in my thinking machine Doesn't she know we have a show to do? She came in. Um, Megan had to come in and get something. And uh, baby came right up to me and she was smiling. Hi. <laughs> what is that? You know, she wanted to pluck the at the wires and Unnatural. such. And then, but she was surprisingly quiet. You audience might have heard it. Look, when uh, you can talk, you can be on the show. <laughs> but then <laughs> when, after um, uh, Megan got what she needed, she picked the baby up and took her out. And that's when you heard her cry and protest. How dare you? I was having so much fun in here. <laughs> I have things to do. <laughs> but yeah, the, he was absolutely hilarious beyond hilarity. Beyond and hilarity. also it was, I was sort of throughout looking sidelong at mom. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so, is this okay to be laughing? There's so many swears. Uh, and what he did is seven words you can't say on television, uh, which turned into make me a thousand words. Right. <laughs> yeah, he had to, he didn't want to do the same <laughs> same old tired routine oh man uh, 10 years great. later mm-hmm. mm. so yeah stuff. very very good show there's something about seeing stand-up live mm-hmm. it often is a lot funnier it is and you get caught up in the crowd sure the uh the entente cordiale which is what they're trying to do when they sweeten you know laugh tracks or sweeten yeah. shows with a laugh track uh, yeah. comedy uh, yeah. They're trying to get you to join uh, join in with the crowd, but mm-hmm. um, eh, it kind <sighs> of worked until it didn't. Right. And then once you get used to shows without a laugh track, a la Simpsons, mm-hmm. it's really intrusive when it comes back. We're talking to you with Big Bang Theory. <laughs> well, Worst offender even, now. Even with a live a live audience, they often will, you know, sweep yeah, the sweet. audio at, yeah. in post. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read an article uh, from a guy who... Uh, whose aunt was, um, I guess, one of the most recognizable uh, laughs ah, right. within uh, sweetening from, mm-hmm. I don't know, the 60s yeah. throughout the 80s, 90s, maybe. Yeah. Um, they, they just did, kept they her. They just called them laughers, right? I think. Plants for studio audiences that would that just had some kind of booming or silly or <laughs> outrageous mm-hmm. laugh and that would yeah. just carry people <laughs> along with it. Well, I don't think she was a plant. She just happened to be there, but they liked it so much they kept her, you uh, know, that clip of, of her. And they maybe kept... she was the first. Yeah, maybe. We might um, be onto something, boys. <laughs> there's a very distinctive one in uh, Scooby-Doo and M.A.S.H. Mm-hmm. He's going to bomb us. Well, we had a lovely day for it. There's a male one, and then there's a yeah. female one hmm. that are I, I just used to hear in yeah. the 70s-ish. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or shows uh, recorded in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Um, I thought there was like two or three distinct, you know, Laughers. giggles or guffaws. Mm-hmm. 
that I would hear in multiple shows. Yeah. And then uh, as a kid, I went, oh, fake. Right. Or, well, there, and then there's the car crash sound mm-hmm. from, uh, I, did we first hear it in the 101 Dalmatians, Cruella DeVille? Oh, spoiler alert, Cruella <laughs> DeVille's uh, car crash <laughs> yes. in 101 uh, Dalmatians. the 50-year-old movie. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know what I'm talking that's about. That's the first that's time I numerous. remember hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. The sound. Go. Yep. <laughs> and numerous other mm. things. Yeah, it was like the uh the pre Willard <laughs> the pre Willard Willard What the Wilhelm, no, Wilhelm Pre Wilhelm scream. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I constantly say the Willard. I don't know what that's <laughs> I don't know what the disconnect is. The <laughs> Wilhelm. Yeah. Yeah, that was that for me before I knew that mm-hmm. exist. Yeah. I existed. Yep. But uh, anyway. Yes. So, uh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> you meant to say? Did I? <laughs> I think oh, I was, was done. Just, you were just saying it's part and parcel. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I can do without the Wilhelm now. It really, it's becoming a distraction. It's a joke. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's uh, a little bit of a joke in um, uh, George Lucas, Steven Spielberg uh, uh, things. I mean, but, the first mm. Indiana Jones, fine. It's annoying now to, <laughs> to mm-hmm. watch it, but uh, at the time, I, I you know, it was wasn't uh used you know to death mm-hmm. but it's it's in every star wars <laughs> film maybe yep. it wasn't in last jedi i don't remember uh, yeah but, i don't recall but uh, come on sound engineers give it up just yeah. stop it i we get it's supposed to be some sort of humorous easter egg like uh, thing or just fun hey hey, hey there it is you know mm-hmm. seeking uh, eh it's too distracting if you start, uh, I think of as a visual effects artist, if you start inserting the the original dude in the creek who gets arrowed <laughs> into the scene somewhere hidden, yeah. mm-hmm. that's that will be a good Easter egg. Yeah, if he's just in the background of Wonder Woman <laughs> getting shot with an arrow somehow, ah, <laughs> like ah, yeah. <laughs> Not, but without the sound, just that, just that <laughs> yeah, little yeah, cutout yeah, of, of a of a man <laughs> getting mm-hmm. shot in the leg when they're. Well, you can only see it in 4K or something. Well, uh, you got to color grade it so that it matches the scene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he'll be in the crowd there. Yeah, just getting shot. That's good. Yeah, I'm I want to see that. <laughs> Get right on that massive audience. <laughs> yeah, put it in the director's cut of all the Peter Jackson movies. <laughs> yes, that's another show entirely. <laughs> okay, I. Uh, I I kind of recommend um, <laughs> this, the the uh, Why the Hobbit Sucks series. <laughs> I'll link that in the notes. Hey, uh, uh, well, I don't know if I can stand it because I already agree. But um, yeah, that was a shame. <laughs> there was we so many probably things. Wrap it up. We can continue uh, yeah, maybe yeah, some more. Yeah, okay, um, the music saving us here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> some some more uh, tunes from various uh, artists we've talked about. We'll do like a part two, maybe. Yeah, sounds good. Um, it's just called Two Brothers. Yes. And uh, it's just called it's just called Two Brothers. Oh, dang it. I forgot. We established this at the beginning. I I, I forgot. It's only (laughs) been 20 shows. You can reach us at bros at it's just called two brothers dot com. Or you can send us a tweet at IJC2B. And uh, show archives at it's just called two brothers dot com.